in the whole 6010 Hello and welcome to Fantasy Focus Football Field Yates. Hello, Daniel Dopp. We're back. This is so old school right now, by the mm-hmm. way, guys. Yeah. I mean, we were we were here last week, so we already went through this whole Ooh, spiel yeah, about did. it being old school. But I mean, you were you know off vacationing, Galloway. You know, yeah, yeah, yes. you were you weren't paying attention. You didn't listen to the pod. So Extra I get it. I mean, on I get my it. Tan but, mic. Yes, I worked very hard yeah. on that. Yeah, yep. I mean, but Daniel and I were here working. You know, yes. kept our heads down. That's true. You know, uh, keeping the keeping the ship afloat. But no, I actually back I actually vacation. do apologize. Like I was thinking about this. Like I need to open by apologizing to the listeners, or maybe <laughs> maybe they're like, no, 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 no. Like keep giving us more because. I've missed like three straight shows what? with various commitments, right? We did we typical we, guys, field eight. Yeah, so I think that's what it is. Taped two last week, yep. right? Yep. And the week before that, which was the Thursday before the Super Bowl, we had. I was in New York. Yes, you were. They needed me to cover for Get Up and This Just mm. In Duty, and hilariously, it was the day of the NBA trade deadline. So I went down to New York, got there. Had the whole prep for uh, for this year. I'm sorry for uh, for get up. And then Kevin Durant got traded at like two thirty that morning. So they were like, "We're good. <laughs> we're not gonna have you." Anymore. So I, I, I guess home, I could have called in, but uh, yeah, I, I have not been around for a while. It's so great to be back, though. It is really good to see you. Both today's show and Fields Tan is brought to you by Geico. Switch to Geico. See all the ways that you could save. You do look good. Thank you. you do. A little, I do. Yeah, I just want to say that. Field, we're going to talk about a bunch of fun stuff today. Do you want to take over the reins and sort of let us know where we're going to go? Uh, sure, I can do that, Daniel. And by the way, it's kind of amazing that uh, last week, sitting around, I've got it here, okay. sitting around and, uh, you know, like I, I came from a warm weather location. What a welcome back to Connecticut it's been over oh, the yeah. past three days, right? <laughs> like, as you guys, you guys both know, anybody who lives in the Northeast who lives in this podcast knows, we have had the most mild winter that maybe of my lifetime. Mm-hmm. I've yeah, lived in have. New England for my entire life, except for a few years in Kansas City. And... It has just like been remarkably not New England. And I got back and it was like 12 degrees. It's been cold all weekend. Mm-hmm. And this this morning it snowed. It's supposed to potentially snow a whole lot more this Friday night. I'm going to Indianapolis for the combine mm-hmm. in between after a couple of shows later today. So anyways, welcome back. That's my weather rant. Yeah, by the way, we're taping this on Tuesday, February 28th. I don't know when actually people are going to hear this. Oh, yeah, so we should probably like, point that yeah. out. People yeah. in the Northeast are like, wait a minute. It's not like, snowing. What are, snow they, what are they talking about? But yeah, I went out and uh, got the snow uh, snowblower out for the first time wow. this winter. It was the first time I needed it. Went to pull the chain and it got stuck no. and doesn't work. So Shut I got up. some uh, unexpected shoveling cardio today. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, uh, it was a uh, it wasn't too bad. You got to be careful worse. though of uh, shovelers back. I learned about this. It's a real thing. Stefania yeah. taught me this because apparently I experienced it a couple of years ago. Where like mm-hmm. I came into work one day looking like the humpback of was it, uh, what's the guy's name? <laughs> Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame? Uh, it uh, Quasimodo. Archback. Quasimodo. 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 Yeah, Thank you both. A hunchback of Notre Dame. I don't know why I said humpback. <laughs> I was about telling, whales. He was on no, vacation. You know, whale I was talking and... to my nephew, who's six, about to turn seven, about how we need to bring back some of the all-time great Disney flicks. And Free Willy it was just such oh, an man. iconic film, right? Of course. He's like, yeah. what are you talking about? There's a whale? What's going <laughs> what? on there? And so I guess whales were on my mind recently. I digress. The I show today, we're going to do a little preview of running backs. And Mike Clay is the absolute machine who like actually has all of his rankings done for 2023 and 2027 already because mm-hmm. he's like that. And so what we're going to do is we're start by talking about players 24 through 13 on the running back board and just kind of take it wherever things go. 
I'm glad Mike clarified that it is February 28th. Between now and whenever you're listening to this podcast, who knows what could happen? It is yeah. transaction mm-hmm. season in yep. the NFL. Guys are getting cut. Guys are being speculated as trade candidates. Guys will get signed. Guys will be franchise tagged. There's so much that can change between now and over the next few weeks. When we're doing these list fields, I like to think that when Mike is putting together, because this is this is Mike's list that we're then going to tear apart, right? Obviously, right. you and I are going to talk about why he's an idiot and why <laughs> things should be in different places. As but my favorite yeah. part is is thinking that when you look at these, you sort of like see the matrix because you're just our numbers guy. When you look at a player, you just see numbers like transcoursing through their body. You don't mm-hmm. even see Saquon Barkley. You just no. see all the numbers that are Saquon Barkley, a la the Matrix. That's right. Case. I mean, us stat nerds, we don't watch the games. No. Like, I, I just learned recently that they actually videotape the games. How like, crazy on TV. That, I didn't right? know that. That's like, so, I usually no. do the show Sunday morning and go home and just, like, re- watch the box scores. Like, I didn't realize yeah. there was feeds watch on TV. the so box scores. I actually just learned that. Yeah, they update, actually. There's, like, box <laughs> scores, and they kind of update live, and then we have next-gen stats. Right. Our right. great stats and info yes. uh, team over there does a great job yep. with, you know, snap counts and all that stuff. So I just watch those. Mike's I been watching those dots for football. I watch the dots. That's, yeah, right. That's, yeah, that's right. That's right. Me and Bill Barnwell, we watch the dots. <laughs> Dude, so. Mike thought that Troy Aikman was a country singer until, like, four days ago. Yeah, he was like, right, I love right. that Troy, hey, Troy Aikman. Aikman. Well, no, when he joined Monday Night Football, then I learned. You know, yeah, I was like, oh, this is actual this is a person. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't, didn't, didn't watch TV. You didn't watch the games until yeah, then. You're I like, figured that out this Troy year. Troy had so. that album. He's a great beer maker, too, That's right? That's right. Anyways, let's do Mike's rankings and let's tear them apart, as Daniel said. So, uh, informal here. We're, gonna, we're gonna kind of just going to go until we feel like not talking about these players anymore. But number mm-hmm. 24 and number 23, I kind of cast into the same boat because James Conner at 23 and Ezekiel Elliott at 24, veteran backs. Uh, maybe their peak days are behind them. Perhaps not in the case of James Conner. Mm-hmm. It seems possible that neither is back with his current team this year, Arizona, undergoing some significant changes with a new GM, a new head coach, Kyler Murray being hurt. They might want to go young and clear cap space. James Conner makes a pretty good amount. Zeke Elliott, uh, there's been reporting suggesting that a restructure is more likely than Zeke not being with the Cowboys next year. But I do want to mention that just in case something happens between now and the time that people listen to this. But Mike, with Zeke, the tricky part is that we don't know what his role is going to be with the Cowboys, and we don't know what's going to happen with Tony Pollard more specifically. Yeah, and this is a guy who we usually viewed as an RB1, right? And we had some concerns on him going into the season, but there was still a lot of optimism that maybe he bounces back and still has it and will handle a big workload. But I mean, he was really bailed out by touchdowns this past season. He was yeah. sixth at running back in touchdowns, 19th in touches, 28th in yards. Very disappointing, obviously. Uh, we picked this apart all season long, but outside the top 50 in targets at that position, just not involved in that part of the game anymore. His efficiency has dropped off, and we do expect, and maybe this will be in the news before uh, people hear this pod, but Tony Pollard, we expect maybe to be franchise tag or certainly back with the Dallas Cowboys, and he is essentially their new, uh, we'll say, 1A back at were. So uh, is he going the wrong way? If he's back next season, he's not going to be a super exciting fantasy option. Just the, the lack of passing game work is a, is a big problem. You said outside the top 50 in, in targets. In targets? Mm-hmm. But so, 53rd. So he averaged 15 rushes a game, give or take, which was inside the top 10. But hmm. when you take away all the things that he does in the passing game, it, you realize how much that limits Zeke, especially with his efficiency just dropped massively. If you look at the efficiency between Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott this year. Yeah, we'll get Ezekiel, to yeah. Ezekiel Pollard's Elliott. on this list. Yes, yeah, he is. Get we'll to get him. to Pollard. But Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott, only 3.8 yards per rush, which I feel Crazy. like is, is low for what Ezekiel Elliott used to be in this Dallas and, offense. And by the way, three straight years outside the top 15 in fantasy points per game for Zeke. So this yeah. isn't necessarily new, but he's not he's not rebounding. He's going the wrong way. Yeah, and, and by the way, Mike talked about this extensively during the season, but the Cowboys 
probably had a disproportionate number of rushing touchdowns relative to how many they scored in general, right? It's part of the reason why Dak was kind of a fantasy disappointment this year is their efficiency running the ball in not just the goal line, but the red Mm -hmm. zone was so high Mm -hmm. that they just kept scoring touchdowns on the ground. You'd think year over year that's a high rate to contain uh, or to sustain, I should say. Uh, James Conner, Daniel, who... You kind of won, no matter what your evaluation of was on James Conner going into last season. Mm-hmm. If you thought he was a regression candidate, you were correct because he did not score 16 touchdowns again. Yep. If you thought he was a bust, uh, so if you thought he was a value, you were probably also right because he ended up finishing with over 15 fantasy points per game. Assuming he stays in Arizona, Daniel, the competition is really none. And when Zeke is going one way as far as a pass catcher is concerned, Conner's going the other way. He's a star in the passing game now. I think the big thing for me, though, is the fact that he... Again, James Conner cannot play a full NFL season. Mm -hmm. Zero. Literally zero full seasons. The most he has ever played is 15 games, and he did that once in his entire career. So looking at that, he had a touchdown regression, which we thought was going to come because he had 18 touchdowns last year. We expected that to come down. Mm -hmm. With this offense being what feels like in shambles and trying to figure out what the next steps for this offense, he has only topped 800 rushing yards one time, also in a season. He's never rushed for 1,000 rushing yards. So all of this feels like if he's not getting those touchdowns and being a part of the passing game, I just feel like there's a lot of question marks here that make me not as excited about James Conner. I will say this, though. He didn't have Kyler Murray for most of the second half of the season. He was a top 20 fantasy running back in eight consecutive games to finish the season. Again, the workload was big, a lot of passing down work. He's been top top 10 in fantasy points bringing in the last two seasons as well. So he's a good player. He just needs to stay on the field. You have to anticipate some missed action, but... You're right, this might not be a very good offense next season. Yeah, and we'll see whether they approach the running back depth spot differently than the previous regime did, right? If James Conner is all of a sudden flanked by a third-round running back, you might feel a little bit less uh, sort of solid about how much workload he should see week in and week out. 22, 21, and 20 are Miles Sanders, James Cook, and Tony Pollard. Mike, Miles Sanders, also a free agent. Mm -hmm. How much, in your estimation— is returning to Philadelphia a net positive for Sanders' fantasy value, or do you think it's a limiting factor if he stays with the Eagles? Well, look, he was only playing about half the snaps and was very involved as a rusher, very effective as a rusher. Uh, that obviously opened up a lot of opportunities for touchdowns, but a non-factor in the passing game. And this is three years in a row where he yeah. has really struggled in the passing game to the point that they don't really use him in that department anymore. So uh, he had 78 receiving yards. Can I ask a question about that? When you say he struggled, has he struggled in the passing game oh, yeah. or is the team just not oh, use yeah. him in the, the passing game? He, yeah. he is. Oh, that's, he what is uh, just, that's what I'm uh, asking. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Dead. Check this out. Last three seasons, 3.8 yards per target. That is dead last among 73 running backs with at least 50 targets. So wow. it, it just hasn't worked, whether it's his fault or the scheme's fault. It has not, uh, it has not worked. So uh, that's a problem. But I will say this. I, I think this would surprise people. I just wrote a column uh, for NFL about this running back free agent class, which is, might be the best position group in free agency it this is. year. It's loaded. And uh, so I wrote a little bit about Miles Sanders. Since he was drafted, he is first in rushing EPA. So, since he was drafted. It's four like years that? in the league. Yeah. He is number one. Think about all the superstar running backs the last yeah. three. He's number one in rushing EPA, uh, EPA. So he's a really effective rusher. I think he could be back with Philly. Because of the, the depth of the position, right? I mean, there's just a lot of options out there. I think the markets might be kind of light for some of these uh, running backs. Maybe that gets him back on a cheap deal. But from a fantasy perspective, I think he'll take a step back. You're just too reliant on rushing efficiency and touchdowns. That's a scary recipe when you just don't have that floor from the passing game. As far as free agency goes, all these running backs, the Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Damian Hare. I mean, there's 5,000 free agent running backs. That, and that's not including the guys who might end up getting cut. Um 
they all want huge contracts, right? The reality is there are a few big running back contracts that will be available this offseason, but that market's going to dry up relatively mm-hmm. quickly. So maybe Miles Sanders is either playing on a one-year deal with Philly or somebody else. James Cook at 21, Tony Pollard, who we discussed at number 20, Daniel, and uh, the efficiency uh, in Dallas clearly uh, was in the favor of Tony Pollard. The problem is we just don't know how much the Cowboys are going to utilize him, and of course he's coming off of a pretty significant injury right now. So here's a stat that I found really interesting as I was looking through a lot of my Tony Pollard stuff and just trying to quantify the difference between him and Ezekiel Elliott in this offense, right? Tony Pollard was RB7 in yards after first contact. Not only that, he leads that category since he was drafted. Which is unreal. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. one spot behind Nick Chubb. He was ahead of Josh Jacobs, A.J. Dillon, like mm-hmm. all, Jonathan Taylor. When I think about Tony Pollard, and a part of this in my mind is like, I don't think about a guy that runs through tackles and continues to generate yards after the fact. So I'm excited to go back. I want to look in more about how this works out because I, I always thought about Tony Pollard as a speed guy. Guy you can get around mm-hmm. to the outside. Guy that has a lot of... Not just, I thought of him as a yards before first contact because of that, but reading that stat, I'm just, that gave me a a big pause because I never thought about him as that kind of a running back. Yeah, he was a fourth round pick and was viewed as a good compliment to Zeke because he was never going to be a feature back. Right. And I think he dispelled that this past season, not only seeing more work, but also still playing at an extremely high level, scoring touchdowns, super efficient as a pass catcher and a rusher. So I'm with you there. By the way, we passed over James Cook really quick. Just to point out here, Devin Singletary's a free agent. We're already hearing some rumblings at the combine of an expanded role for Cook. So kind of projecting here a little bit that he'll be the lead back for the Bills. That could obviously change depending on Singletary status, but he looked pretty good as a second round rookie. this past One year. thing we've seen from the Bills, though, over the past few years, is it's like, oh, you think a guy's going to take over a larger role? And they draft <laughs> and a guy then, in the third round. Yeah. You're like, oh, OK, so it's uh-huh. James Cook and insert third round running back this season between Zach Moss and Devin Singletary and James Cook. They have made some mid-size investments in the draft in that spot. He will be a popular breakout candidate at running back, no though, regardless of yep. Singletary yeah. status. Uh, next two players on the board I think are sort of similar because yes. they're coming off of major injuries mm-hmm. after looking really good early last year. Javante Williams for the Broncos. Earlier today, uh, Sean Pay- I'm, excuse me, jo- George Payton, the Broncos GM, mm-hmm. suggested that... Uh, this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country. There's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. He would be ready for the start of the season or on track to be. Uh, I think we learned something last year, which is like, let's keep our expectations yes. uh, in check for guys coming off of ACL injuries. Even if they're back on the field, they may not be back to 100% athletic ability. So Javante Williams and Brees Hall, who if we were doing this uh, off of a non-ACL tear, we'd be having we'd be ranking them in a much different light, Mike. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they are appropriately slotted at 18 and 19 just because 
Maybe they're slow played. Maybe they're not quite as effective. Maybe the teams just say, by design, we're going to lighten your workload by you know 20% this upcoming yeah, season. Yeah, after what we saw from Brees Hall last season, if he did not tear his ACL, we might be talking about him. We wouldn't, certainly wouldn't be talking about him yet. He would probably be in our yeah. countdown, maybe in the top three, certainly a top three or two uh, dynasty running back. He was fantastic uh, once he was called on to be the lead back last season. The efficiency was great. The volume really took off after the first couple of weeks. So uh, like you said, same thing with Javante. He got off to a slower start, uh, but he still had you know 60 plus yards in, in his three full games, had a lot of targets as well, which was nice. Uh, but it, we're just going to have to follow this down to the season. And honestly, if there's a lot of hype around both of these guys, I'll probably be out on them. You know, that's what we kind of learned from Stefania last year, which is, you know, probably takes a year to get them going, maybe get off to a slow start. Maybe they're not quite as good in 2023 and then 2024 would be the year to pounce so obviously we'll have Stefania on throughout the summer and can ask her about this and we'll follow the status of these two and our new head coach in Denver in Sean Payton who there have been years in which a guy like Alvin Kamara produced major numbers for fantasy but Mm -hmm. he certainly hasn't been afraid to share backfield duties amongst multiple players oh yeah one of the I mean if there's such thing as a knock on Alvin Kamara when he was absolutely crushing it early in his career for fantasy he's still doing a great job now but it was like awesome with like 194 total carries and you're like wow well they're still giving 125 to marking over somebody else so perhaps there's a bit more of a committee approach in denver too yeah and by the way they did say they're going to be in the running back market so they have to be they can't just assume javante is going to be a full go to start the season and they don't have much else there right now so you can expect them to him to have uh, disrespect a disrespect chase edmonds right there from mike clay <laughs> that's I mean, right i mean yeah. Edmonds still under contract for that one didn't more season. My, yeah. it's it's a, not, that didn't yeah. work out so well in Miami. It's and, a not, uh, yeah. I didn't do much in Denver either last uh, year. We go from those two to DeAndre to 17, Daniel. And this mm. is a curious one, right? Because it's like, I, I don't think there are 16 running backs more talented than DeAndre Swift. Mm, sure. But we've been trying for three years to make it happen, and it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, it's been really, really frustrating because you look at his numbers, and you like he is just so explosive. 6.3 yards per touch is fantastic. You watch him get the ball in his hands as a pass catcher. He's the kind of guy that that's exactly what you're looking for. He is so explosive. He's so quick. He's able to make things happen, but he cannot stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And because of that, the Lions have limited his touch count. Even once he started coming back, they had Jamal Williams. They, They wanted to make sure that they were using him and not giving him too many touches because they. I feel like they tried that early in the season and it just did not work. So DeAndre Swift is tough because I feel like the Lions wanted to give him more work this year. And we were all excited as fantasy managers to see him get more work this year. And his body did not cooperate the way that we had hoped. And so that's something I'm going to definitely keep looking at as we go into next year. Because, uh, you know, I, Is he a Lion next year, you think? Uh, I, I think so. I think so. I, I just, you know, it's like... Still on his something rookie deal, just right? Felt, yes, he has one more year left on this rookie deal. It felt like something was just not quite right. Since with, Hard Knocks. Between him and yeah. the Lions. Yeah, since Hard Knocks, right? And Deuce Staley, who probably was the... Harsh is not the right word I'm looking for, but the stern, most mm-hmm. stern, sternest. What's the right word? Yeah. Sternest? Uh, yeah. That's, I'll most, say we'll sternest. We'll just make up words. Whatever. Go for it. Whatever. Most stern, uh, sternest. The most stern, sternest. Coach. Uh, he's now no longer with the Detroit Lions. Uh, he's now with the... Uh, Carolina Panthers. So it'll be interesting to see what the dynamic is in play for DeAndre Swift next year in Detroit if he is there. I think he's there. 
Uh, they don't have a ton in the cupboard beyond, beyond I mean, Craig Reynolds and, and guys who are How dare you? from Pride of Kutztown University. Down, what do you mean hardly like, anything behind Jamal him? Jamal Williams. I was about to leave. You looked right at Mike Jamal Williams. Williams. Mike, <laughs> Mike Williams. Mike Williams. <laughs> Jamal Williams is going to be a free agent. We'll see whether he's retained. I think he has a pretty good chance of being uh-huh. retained. But um, we have been trying to make a DeAndre Swift breakout happen for three straight years. Yep. Maybe it happens in year four. Talent's there. Yeah, I mean, I was just going to say, super effective as a rusher, heavy involved in the passing game. And check this out. If I'm 17th, he has never finished worse than 17th in fantasy points per game. I mean, he is, but he's never not scored seven or more touchdowns. Like, he has been really effective when he's played. So think about that. All the problems that he's had, games where he's just disappeared, and he still has never been lower than 17th in fantasy points per game. So that's crazy. He's going to be an interesting one. By the way, which team led the NFL in running back fantasy points last season? Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions did. It's a good. Off, you know that great offensive line has certainly supported uh, good backfield and good offense this past year. We Absolutely. got a few more here in part one, and let's go to Damian Pierce at RB fifteen in Mike's rankings. Uh, he was RB twenty last year at twelve point eight points per game. He was awesome for early portions of the season, Mike. But then all of a sudden things kind of fell apart for that entire offense. Didn't quite get into the end zone as much. The passing game efficiency dropped a little bit, but the talent is certainly apparent here with Damian Pierce. Yeah, he is a talented player, but uh, the efficiency, you know, he, he, like you said, he kind of came out there and broke out and was really explosive, but he ended up about average in, in rushing efficiency. His receiving efficiency was awful. 165 yards and 40 targets, was outside the top 20 in fantasy points per game and didn't score touchdowns. And do we really think there's going to be a big leap in offensive production for this offense in Houston this year? You know, well, if they hit a home run, a quarterback, maybe, but it's a long shot. Most likely they'll have a rookie quarterback. It takes those guys a little while to develop. So I, I don't know. I have him 15th for now. Uh, again, there is talent. He could be a feature back here, but I'm going to kind of see how things play out in this offense. So I just want to say, like, for everybody listening to this podcast that is thinking for the first time, you've got Damian Pierce ranked ahead of Brees Hall heading into next year. You oh. think he was the best? Is he the best second year back in this class? For now, uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna get to one more. We there's got one other guy. All right, that's fair. Um, I will. Or there's two actually. Yeah, two more. Right. No, no, no. Et. We're gonna get to Travis Etienne at some point. He's uh, he misses first he year. Count, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we'll get to Ken Walker at some point. Okay. But um, the the ACL injuries are the reason that, that's why uh, that that Drops he's at, Pierce is ahead of some of these other guys. Uh, we didn't mention Aaron Jones at 16 too. If him, so uh, it it'll depend really on what the depth chart looks like with Pierce. You know, if he's clear, like this is a 20 plus touch a game, a guy, sure. It's, he's going to be good RB two in our rankings, but um, if they add an impact back, then, you know, things will change. We'll have to move him, but for now kind of, kind of have to play these conservative. Yeah. And, and the injury obviously with Brees Hall is a big, big factor there as far right. as assessing those second year running backs. I'll be interested though. Like the Texans aren't quite there yet with cap space to make like dramatic. They can certainly make some, you know, I take that back. They have been so handcuffed the past couple of off-seasons, both in terms of draft capital and mm-hmm. cap space. They finally have draft capital of note. They had some last they had that last year, too, but they have two top 12 picks this year, like including number two overall. If they can really make some serious strides this year, that the offense could look a lot more legitimate. We'll see how the free agency portion of this plays out as well, because they've got needs on both sides of the ball. They could spend big in free agency, and spend big only on defense, and we would totally understand it. Mm-hmm. Number two is pretty definitively going to be a quarterback, right? You guys have talked about I that in first draft. I think so, yeah. I mean, I know they do like Davis Mills. The problem is that, like, is the ceiling really there for Davis Mills? Moreover, I talk about this every year, and I think it's appropriate to bring up. Are you counting on being in that same spot, a top five-ish pick, 
where you can probably land a top quarterback prospect, assuming there is one available. It's part of why both Detroit and Seattle picking, well, Detroit's six and Seattle's five, I think philosophically it's at least worth a conversation in your building. Are we going to be here again? Like if Detroit keeps getting better, they're not going to have pick six and they're not going to have pick 18. They could be picking at 23 next year. And Jared Goff would be a big part of that. But how many more years do you have of Jared Goff? And what's the ceiling? Quarterbacks at 23 are very different than the quarterbacks you're going to find at six. No two like ways about it. Guys that fall to 23, in a lot of cases, it's like you didn't actually want that player. You took him just because he was available. And it's like the value is reasonable enough in our eyes. And normally you guys... Oh, I'm go so ahead. sorry. Normally, no, you guys ahead. have first draft coming out on Wednesday, but it already published this yeah, week, did it, it not? Yeah, if you guys are out there listening right now, first draft. Mel and I talked about Mel's second mock draft, a little bit of a combine preview as well. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, Pierce was a fourth-round pick. This is probably more of a note for Dynasty or, you know, they could they could bring in an impact running back, and it shouldn't surprise us. I mean, you think about a team last year who we thought maybe had a lead back in Michael Carter with the New York Jets, and they kind of shocked us, and his value torpedoed when they took Brees Hall. Maybe we don't know. I mean, Houston might say, you know what, Bijan Robinson Robinson's hanging really out good. there, and twelve. He's that maybe special. They, yeah, yeah. It, maybe yeah. they like him. We don't know. Uh, uh, there's going to be a team that loves him in the first round, and is going to take him, and it could surprise us. So just keep in mind, we might love Pierce more than Houston does. They might feel like they need another back to go along with him, or they could sign a Devin Singletary or Miles Sanders. Those right. guys make sense as well. So just yeah. something to keep in mind with him. By the way, he is a defensive head coach, but where does Miko Ryan's coach? San Francisco, what do they always do? They stockpiled Good running call. backs both in the draft and through a trade, of course, with Christian McCaffrey. All right, a couple more here in the 24 through 13 category. Number 14 is Ramondre Stevenson, Mike, who so many things went well for him fantasy-wise last year, but nothing more so than this insane passing game volume. Mm-hmm. Just logically doesn't seem like that's going to sustain this year because one would think, and certainly one would hope, the Patriots are a far more functioning offense this season. Yeah, and we have to keep in mind that uh, Damian Harris missed a lot of time. Now, he's a free agent. We'll see if he comes back. But New England is another team that usually likes to rely on committees. They didn't really have a choice last year. They kind of just had to ride Ramondre because Ty Montgomery wasn't there right away. And then Harris was out, and they, didn't, they had a bunch of rookies they didn't really trust. So it was a Stevenson show. But if you look at the splits between when Harris played double-digit snaps and didn't, uh, Stevenson lost about three fantasy points per game, fell from 13th to 20th in fantasy points per game. And actually, when Harris played, Harris had more carries than Stevenson in those games. And uh, the targets, you know, obviously, Stevenson had doubled him up in targets. But another one is when Harris played, he had one touchdown this season. Stevenson scored one touchdown when Harris played. He had five when he was out. Those are things to think about. If they go back to a committee, that can knock Stevenson down a little bit. He looks good, but I think that a return to a committee can knock him out of our RB1 discussion. Field Damian Harris is a free agent. Free agent, yeah. Do you see him coming back to this team, or do you think that the Patriots would look elsewhere? Someone is going to be in this backfield with Ramondre Stevenson. My question is, do you think it's Damian Harris or someone else maybe on one of these free agent lists we talked about? I think with Damian Harris, he's kind of like what I described earlier with Miles Sanders. I just don't think he is going to be the guy that gets one of those big running back contracts. And maybe he says to himself, I'm better suited taking a one-year flyer somewhere rather than taking a multi-year deal at a lower value and trying to reestablish myself and get into free agency again next year. So I think if I had to bet, would he be back or would he be gone? I would think I would take the field over the Patriots because there are 31 potential suitors. Mm -hmm. That brings us to number 13. And by the way, like – I don't know that we can say definitively like how Bill O'Brien is going to want to deploy running backs in New England. I think he's going to just deploy them 
effectively because he's a really good offensive coordinator. That would be my, my, my general take on how he utilizes his backs, right? Like there were guys in, in Houston that, that got some good run with Lamar Miller had that stretch there and to a degree David Johnson right after the DeAndre Hopkins trade. But I don't think you can say there is like a specific trait or a way that Bill O'Brien goes about the running backs. Last one in this first portion of the podcast. We'll have another podcast coming out soon. On the rest of the top 24 running backs is Alvin Kamara. Um, I will just mention quickly that there is a chance that Alvin Kamara will be suspended for a portion of the 2023 regular season. Uh, This stems from an incident that took place at the 2022, as in the calendar year 2022 Pro Bowl in Las Vegas. Uh, we will obviously adjust our rankings if and when that does take place. But I wanted to mention it so people don't think that we are ignoring it. He's number 13, Daniel. He is a really talented player. But five years ago, you could count on Alvin Kamara having a ton of touches, finding the end zone and catching a lot of passes. That, I would say, I've, he's still going to be busy. But touchdowns haven't been nearly as frequent and catches haven't been quite as voluminous in recent seasons. Three-point catches per game over the last two years down from 5.4. Three-point what? 3.7. Wow. Over the last two years down from 5.4, so almost two full catches per game, which that is where Alvin Kamara excels. That's mm-hmm. what he does well in this offense. Obviously, it was really tough because they thought, I think they were was hoping, obviously, Jamison Winston, Jamison, Jameis Winston was going to come in and be something contagious. That's what what it is. He comes in and you think he's going to do something. You don't. You got Andy Dalton. And it's nothing against Andy Dalton. He's a fine backup quarterback. But it it just felt like this offense never found their groove. They never found a way to be able to utilize all the things that we know Alvin Kamara can do. But a big part of that is not making him just be a running back, running back. It's being able to find ways to get the ball in his hands in space so that you can use all the special things that he is, that balance, that quickness, that speed that Alvin Kamara is. Yeah, it felt kind of like a throwaway year, and still he was top five at running back in targets, crazy. you know, which he's been every season. So you think about that drop-off you just talked about, still was top five in targets at running back. Again, uh, also top 12 in ta- uh, carries the last two seasons as well, so they've gotten him more involved in that department. It felt, felt you know, it just kind of feels like a throwaway season. You know what I mean? He had that month. There was four straight weeks where he was a top 13 running back, he had no other finishes better than 18th on the season, right? He just had that one good month. That was it. Yeah. And so it was a rough year. Uh, and tw- I should mention this stat too, which is interesting. 20% of his fantasy points came in one game. That one game where he scored all those box, touchdowns. Right? Is that what it was? Yeah. I think Somebody, so. I think it was, yeah. what, he had four touchdowns or something? Yeah, three, crazy, four touchdowns. Right? Yeah. That was 20% of his point total. So it was a rough year. He's still a good back. He's going to be very involved in the passing game. The question is, what do they do a quarterback? Do they find a competent quarterback that can get them through the season? Because... It was a mess. I mean, Daniel, we talked about this uh, when we were doing the wide receivers. Like, they, they were, you know, I think Trevor Simeon played some. You yeah. know, you mentioned Dalton. He obviously had his struggles. Totally Taysom Hill was back there. It's hard to really criticize Alvin Kamara on this. You know, it, it's per, it, it's perfectly reasonable to expect him to be a top 10 running back again. But it's going to come down to what that suspension looks like, where we're going to yeah. end up drafting him. I just want to say this. Looking at his points per game since he came into the league, 20, 20.0 in 2017. 23.6 in 2018, 17.8 in 2019, 25.2. He averaged 25 points per game in 2020. Wow. Then 18.1 and 14.1 last year. 14.1 after having three, like every single season, he's averaged 17.8 or more points per game. So this last year does 
to your point, Mike, feels like a throwaway based on what we know from the rest of his career. Yeah, but part of it also might just be that these aren't the same New Orleans Saints early in the well, career when you had Drew Brees, who not only was an outstanding quarterback, but got the ball to his running backs as well as anybody not named Tom Brady, maybe in the history of the league. But I think even if you get a little below average quarterback play, even the 20th best It'll quarterback play, yeah. it's going to help him a lot. Getting the... I mean, that Derek was about Carr. worst case scenario. Derek yeah. Carr, I'd be fine with that. I mean, oh my God! Uh, how did uh, Josh Jacobs do this past season as he the did. lead back of a Derek oh, no, Carr trust me, offense? I'd, I'd love, <laughs> yeah. I'd love yeah. Derek Carr in that New Orleans uh, <laughs> offense for sure. They, they, the entire NFC South feels the exact same way right now. We yes, are a yeah. credible quarterback away from being yep. the favorites in the division the moment we sign that player. So it wouldn't surprise me if there is a bidding war over Derek Carr. Featuring at least two NFC South teams. This, I know you put out the suite earlier this week, so people may have had a chance to see it. But just quarterbacks that are potentially starting for the NFC South teams right well, now. Well, they're under contract. Like, yeah. not even, like, even worse than that. Like, so Kyle Trask is the only one in Tampa. Yep. Carolina, it is PJ, uh, let's see, we have PJ Walker and um, currently under, oh, Matt Corral. Matt Corral. I think right. actually, technically, um, you got Desmond. Jacob Beeson is still there. Then you got Desmond Ritter in Atlanta. And, and Logan Woodside. Logan Woodside. And then you have. Jameis. Exclusively Jameis Winston in the Saints. And it sounds like Jameis can be cut at some point before the league year starts. So, yeah, I would say that there is no division that needs quarterback help more than the NFC Ugly. South. All right, so here's the deal. That's the first half of our top 24 running back rankings. We're going to come back later on, a couple days from now, to be in your feed. Don't you worry about that. Discussing the top 12 running backs as ranked by Mike Clay and I felt like we were kind of too friendly to Mike during that yeah. 24 mm. through 13 section. So maybe Daniel and I will put on our mean pants and we'll have a conversation. Yeah, you're going to go on vacation world. before you come back again wow, or just go? Uh, you're no, going to show up for the second just pod? The combine, just, just the combine. You know, just the combine. Trying okay. to you know, carry this fantasy department on my back here, Mike. All right. Well, hey, not look, not not happening. I'll just not be here. Close. I'll just be here watching the dots and coming yeah. up with more stats. And <laughs> you just go do what you got to do. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. I was I was listening to something recently. Someone I was I was doing a Peloton ride. And the instructor was like, yeah, you want to imagine like you're carrying a refrigerator up the stairs on your back. Wow. That and seems like, like a bad plan. Do people do that? Yeah. Like, is that actually happen? I don't think that's... Like, I, I've never lifted a, a refrigerator in my entire life. I've only ever owned one home and the refrigerator was already there when we moved in. You'd be a humpback afterwards. Yeah. If, a humpback. That's you know right. That that's right. right. You know who that guy is? It's the guy... You ever see the video of the guy outside Target and he... Gets a string and he has like a seventy-two inch TV, TV and he just straps came out, it to his it? back and yeah, then he gets hilarious. on a unicycle and tries. Like, to I just saw this like yesterday. Was this is this a new I, video? I think I saw it a while ago, but it's just it resurfacing. Just kind of, yeah, it just yeah. popped up again. Got but resurfaced just, on the Twitter. It was that's that guy. Hilarious. Yeah, he thinks like, that's how you move things around. Crazy. <laughs> I gotta find this video. Now. Termination. I'll send it to you. It's awesome. All right, we're back in. I don't know. Sometime soon. Check the podcast feed. That's right. Subscribe. Subscribe so you can have these podcasts automatically populate yes. into your phone. He's Daniel. He's Mike. I'm Field. You can't see us, but I promise we're all here. We'll talk to you again soon. If you need a stick of tide, Field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay And you know that it's a fact Every hater's gonna hate Cause he's on TV every day A spicy tomato who's got the stats And tweets that'll make you laugh He's our favorite host And everybody knows his name He's Field Yates